You and di- it's disappointing. It's, it's so disappointing. disappointing. You know, I, I know you know who I'm thinking about. There's just so many people in our lives that it's just like, bro, you are so talented. Why are you so lazy? Like, <laughs> like if, I, if I had half that talent, I would be so famous right now. Welcome to the Chasing Mountains podcast. Your host, Dave Rumer and Jacob Colgan. Learning and growing from the best in business. <laughs> Was that your official count in? What what do you want me to do? Three, two, one. Three, <laughs> two. We're rolling. Man, she's professional over there. Oh yeah. It's my wife being our producer. Volunteer, Is this how we're starting the podcast? Producer. Hi everyone. Yeah, why not? You know what? Welcome to the Chasing Mountains podcast. We, Entrepreneurs. Is that what we talk about? Yeah, we you know. Building the airplane as you fly it. That's what we're. Uh, that's that's what we're all about here. Yeah. So Dave and I, we are entrepreneurs. I mean, we have loved business. I would say that was something we first bonded over was just the the fact of how much we love business and um, just even like strategies, marketing, uh, really just anything. And I feel like that was our first like, oh, you like that? I like that. And we we talked for like three hours. And I think my wife, who you know, you know, I've talked for sometimes for two and three hours and she's always yelling, save it for the podcast. So baby, this is the podcast. And, uh, let's hope that we actually get more than two listeners. So, <laughs> so at this moment, this is probably the most unsuccessful podcast there is. We have zero subscribers. So subscribe. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. So mm-hmm. chasing mountains, why are we calling it chasing mountains? So great question. Mm-hmm. And I think we went kind of back and forth on what would be an appropriate name for this, but um, like you said, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We are people that uh, I think can't help but see that next challenge off in the distance, mm-hmm. um, that next mountain to climb, that next summit that we can get to the top of. And um, I think that that uh, is very typical for entrepreneurs, for mm-hmm. people that are dreamers and doers and, and business starters. Um, they see a challenge and they don't back down from it. They They pursue it. And so... I think that um, really what we want to focus on in this podcast as we go up, you know, each each episode is um, kind of pinpointing uh, one primarily. Maybe we'll do some podcasts where there's a few people, but um, folks that kind of fit the, that mold uh, that are pursuing uh, really just outrageous challenges and and have successfully climbed those mountains. Mm-hmm. And so we want to learn from them. Uh, the things they've done both right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we want to try to uh, see that through the lens of our own lives because we've done a lot of things both right and wrong. Um, and we love business and mm-hmm. we love learning about those things. Um, you know, and so that's that's really what this is going to be about. We, we want to learn, we want to grow. And I think we want our viewers and listeners uh, to do that as well. Yeah. I mean, exactly like you said, I, I want this podcast to be something I learn about. And, and we've talked about this off camera before, but you are the sum of the five people you hang out with. And we do love to hang out with people who achieve a lot. And yeah. and you and I both have achieved some some really cool things in life. And whether it be business, music, videos, really for the people watching, my name is Jacob Colgan. This is David Rumer. David, who are you? <clears throat> well, I'm your brother-in-law for one thing. You got it. Um, I have no choice here. <laughs> we, we married into this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, wife, by the way, his wife is the producer tonight. Her name is Ilea. She's a wonderful country artist, and she should be upstairs sleeping because she's pregnant. But uh, hello, Leah. 
Also, you're in my podcast room. Oh, yes. We forgot to mention that. This is her podcast room that we hijacked. Most of this is her gear. Adding insult to injury, we, we've not only hijacked the room, but make her I know. run the show we for us tonight. So. At 11 o'clock at night. It is yeah. 11 well, o'clock at you night. Know, hey, like I said, building the plane as we fly it. We're troubleshooting some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who's done anything worthwhile knows that sometimes uh, you got to take a few swings at it. Yeah. So. so why would anybody listen to this podcast? Like, who are you, David Rimmer? What do you do? What's your job? I mean, like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, well, so I work in sales and marketing, mm-hmm. kind of always have. Um, work for a, a big company in the um, heavy construction and mining space and um, get to work with the um, marketing and brand team. Um, and so get to see just uh, things from a really interesting organizational enterprise perspective. Um, kind what, of, what, sorry to interrupt, but this is not like, we're not talking about small company. This is a fortune 50 company with, where you're talking millions of dollars that of projects that you're dealing with, like yeah. millions of dollars. And the, the level at which you have to perform is, is kind of impressive. And, and that's what you do now, but like, you're also a musician. So tell me a little <clears throat> bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess back to just to just sidestep slightly, I mean, back to your comment before about kind of the, the attracting similar people. Um, I think that both of us, and we can get into this, uh, you know, in, in future episodes, but, uh, I think we, we get to work with and associate with really, really great people. Mm-hmm. So, um, intimidating, but also impressive. Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot to learn. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I do that now and have done that before. So, I mean, kind of going back, uh, quickly, just going back further, um, prior to that, um, worked also kind of in the heavy equipment mining space, but, um, more on the training side, I, I sold, um, simulators, heavy equipment simulators. So, um, I was an international account manager and, uh, would, uh, work with clients all over the world, many different continents, uh, many different, a lot uh, of Google languages. translation. Yeah. 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 So, um, but super cool experience. Um, uh, again, worked with, with some really great people and a great product and, um, you know, when I talk simulators, a lot of people are familiar with like flight simulators mm-hmm. that teach a pilot how to fly. Right. Um, that's, that's what it was, but it taught people how to operate heavy equipment. So, um, <clears throat> really cool experience there. And, and prior to that, it worked for you, mm-hmm. um, at our creative and, and marketing agency, um, that you built from the ground up. And I was able to <laughs> jump onto that I moving stole train them from and- a bank. I basically was like, Hey brother, look, I can't, I can pay you like nothing, but will you come work for me? It could be awesome. And he said, yes. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, how long was, did you work with me? Uh, so I think it was like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was two years and, uh, talk about trial by fire. We threw you in the middle of some of that stuff. What a cool experience yeah. though. I mean, um, and that I think for me is really what kind of lit the fire of, entrepreneurialism, you know, of just like, wow, I don't know how to do this yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and through trial and error and through, um, the people around me, uh, going to try to figure that out. And I think that that's sort of, that was sort of the catalyst, I think for you and I of realizing, mm-hmm. um, in, in an everyday sense that we really love just the process of business. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, you, you, kind of brought me along with that and let me jump in and do things that I wasn't really ever qualified to do. Um, but, but you know, the passion sometimes that people have, it, it almost turns out better than someone who is professional Yeah, because you have all these years. I know how to do it. It's going to be this way. It's going to be perfect. It'll be okay. Calm down. They, they do turn out good. They do turn out professional, but sometimes there's no, Oh my gosh, that's great. 
Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of, oh my God, that's terrible. But like, so a little bit, I guess, about me then with yes, what you were, it was yeah, yeah, a creative firm and um, we did video production and, you know, marketing for people. Uh, some of our clients were Warner Brothers, Sony, some different artists. Um, basically, it was a lot to learn along the way for us. We started off with smaller projects, smaller artists that we worked with with Warner Mo- uh, Warner Music in Nashville. And then it grew over time. And, and every single project that we did grew financially, more people. And we had to learn every single day. Like you mentioned, building the plane as it's basically falling. And that's what we did, but we got so good at it. And that was something that we could do. I mean, we would know we had a decent sized budget music video and it had to be done in Alabama. But we had no locations, no extras, no nothing, nothing. And we were getting on the bus with them in two days. And so the team would scramble, find locations, get on the tour bus with the group. Actually, you'd task Ilea with, we'd be like, we're going on the road. Yes, Ilea, find tell us, us a location. Tell us where we're going. We need on four the locations and go. Yeah. And, and we learned so much. And, and like you said, business, I, I guess one business is very similar to the next. There's a lot of things about business that you can carry over to different types yeah. of business. And it's like, once you learn how to do business, it, it applies everywhere. You know, you're a musician, you're a guitar player. There's so much business and entrepreneurial stuff there that you basically can transfer to anything. I mean, talk about grinding it out as a musician. You guys were on the road doing, you know, he, his wife, my sister is a country artist named Ilya Colgan and, Man, it was a lot of fun, a lot of work. And is she we, paying for this promo? Uh, yeah, apparently this is sponsored by. Yeah. So today, what's what's our topic for today? Let's, Wait, let's just, I was gonna say oh. my podcast room and my promo. It's just all about me. <laughs> I think it should have her logo over here. Probably. So, but but for today, the podcast uh, that we wait, want wait, to talk wait, about. Wait, wait, hold on. Okay, hold on. We we need a more thorough background from you. You okay. can't just that's this uh, you know creative agency was okay. was a like a. A piece to the puzzle. So. See, Mama told me to be humble. So, <laughs> well, I'm pulling it out of okay, you. Okay. So. Well, but you just tell. You, got, you have permission. So, so, what did I do? Huh? What, what's going on? <sighs> what look, haven't okay. you? What haven't you done? So, look. Tell I, us about coming up in Jacksonville. Uh, oh my goodness! And it, like, start, start. Uh, you know, that far back. Yeah. Okay. You just give us the quick run through here and, and so, work into where you are now. I'm one of seven children. Okay, I'm the oldest boy, and there were five sisters, and I have a younger brother named Jonathan. Uh, my dad was a preacher and we grew up singing in church, whether we wanted to or not. <laughs> okay. And we kind of got good at it and we got great at writing music. And I'd always wanted to be in a band. So back in Jacksonville, I started a few bands. Some were successful. Um, some were not. And I think and it started the, the networking with interesting oh my, people. Oh, exactly. As well. Well, what I did was I went around and I found a bunch of good looking guys and had them in my band, whether or not they were good or not. (laughs) And the girls showed up to watch us play. And looking back, brother, we sucked, (laughs) but people showed up, but I learned so much. I learned how to big music scene in Jacksonville. Oh, and and out of that music scene came yellow card, uh, red jumpsuit apparatus. In fact, my drummer, uh, was the, the drummer from red jumpsuit apparatus, a really good guy named John Wilkes, uh, but what that taught me was like how to network and how to organize and, and structure. And, and before that, my, my father owned a construction company and being a pastor's son, my God, there was a lot of organization going on there, you know, outings, uh, visitation, all those things. So I learned a lot young. Then I fast forward a bunch of years. I started a company called Green Shoe Creative and actually it was originally called Green Shoe Studio because we had a studio and 
we did some documentaries and some videos and some music and stuff that did really, really well. And some of that stuff, some of the work that we did ended up getting, you know, Billboard Hot 100. We, we, we had our video seen by millions of people. And that was back when, if you had a video that had 10 million views on something, like it was a big deal on YouTube. Like to yeah. have a billion now, it's not really that big of a deal, but like a million, 10 million was a big deal. And so I got to go on The View Fox and Friends, uh, SNL did a skit on us. So one day we'll talk about that. But I think on the rise up through that, I learned that the, you know, the goals move and, and you want to achieve more and you want to do better. And I, that's something that I want to get out of this podcast is to talk to people who are achieving great things. And because I want to be a part of that. And you and I, we love business. We love talking strategy. We love talking logistics. Like, I'm sorry, that's pretty nerdy, but you and I geek out about like systems. Right. But those are hugely like that's key to running a business is figuring out how to set up a system that when you walk away, it still functions. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's transferable skills. Oh, yes. uh, so, you know, when you learn how to set up systems in this business, mm. you know, if, if that's a retail space, you can go to that next retail space and apply a lot of the same sy mm -hmm. systems, that same template um, or whatever, you know, type of business, whatever industry, you know, is transferable. So, yeah, it's sort of it gets simpler mm. as you go. Yeah. And, and you just kind of the topic for today, we're going to kind of go over the 10,000 hour rule. And I think it really applies. And even though I didn't know it was a thing, it really is. Yeah. And it's that, that those reps putting in your reps. So do me a favor and kind of just like in your mind, what does the 10,000 hour rule mean? Like yeah. to you. Yeah. So I'll, I'll introduce it. You're the one reading the book. So yes. I'm going to have you, you know, kind of go do the in-depth, but um, yeah, I th think it was 2008. Um, Malcolm Gladwell wrote, uh, the, the book outliers and, uh, he covered, I think some, some pretty interesting, uh, aspects of psychology mm -hmm. there uh, when it comes to uh, success basically. But the big takeaway I think was for a lot of people, this, uh, this concept of 10,000 hours, which is, uh, really about just, just putting your time in. So if you are, um, a professional athlete, if you are, um, you know, a business professional, essentially success comes from this sort of magic number of 10,000 hours, uh, put into mm -hmm. a, a trade or a skill or, um, you know, a passion. And so, yeah, go from there. Well, I think the book was, it was really good. I was surprised on how little the book had to do with the 10,000 hour rule. There's so much in there about being an outlier and an outlier is someone, I mean, we're talking about Steve jobs, we're talking about Michael Jordan, um, you know, someone that's just above everybody. They're outliers. They're people that went against the grain or changed the entire game or someone that just like, oh, that's a poor kid from the Bronx. That ain't going to ever happen. And they do it anyways. And it kind of looks into the like, why? Why are some of these people so successful? Yes, luck, some of it. A skill is one of it. Um and even like your connections, but what I took out of the book was putting in your reps, working at it, but also working smart at it. Mm. And also like just have the hunger to find, to connect, to be around people doing wonderful things so that when you do get your 10,000 hours in and you are successful, you're there for that moment and you can take advantage of it. Because I feel like a lot of people think, well, I don't have my moment. I've never had my moment. I think those moments, those moments, excuse me, come and go all the time, but people aren't prepared enough to see the moment and to jump on it and be ready for it. Um, I feel like 
you know, I talked about this before the podcast. Like I struggle with even knowing like personally, what's my 10,000 hours? What have I put in? What's my skill set that makes me, like, what have I been working on for the last 10 or 15 years? And, and I've talked to you, I feel like it's negotiating. That's something I love to do when the moments get tough, when it's not supposed to be successful. I, that's when I thrive. When someone tells me, oh, I can't do that. That's when I'm like, okay, then I'm going to love to do this. and I'm going to negotiate my way to it. And I love it. And I'm not manipulative. I just enjoy the, the, the thrill of it. I was reading an article uh, from the, I think it was the New Yorker where I saw it recently, where Malcolm Gladwell was sort of reflecting back on this, this concept of 10,000 mm-hmm. hours. And he also, I think, was a little surprised that People it, jumped on it. It was man. such uh, like such a, a big takeaway nugget mm-hmm. from the book. I, I'm not sure he was really expecting that, um, <clears throat> but he, he said it. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was sort of originally observed um, and documented in a paper mm-hmm. by I think a couple of psychologists, yes, and it was, it, was. it was really focusing on uh, chess, like mm-hmm. what it took to become and violin and violin, and you know, kind of these like. Um, uh, traditionally masters, masterful type trades or, or, or skills uh, and what it would take to become a master or grandmaster in chess or violin. You know, just some of these more, um, I think what are perceived to be really complex mm-hmm. um, skill sets. But uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I think I've, there's, as we've thought through this, I've had a couple of um, realizations and those one of those, be scary. <laughs> well, one of those is that I think all of those 10,000 hours are not, created equal. No. Um, and I think also that they're not exclusive. Like one of those 10,000 hours, um, might be, you know, for me, strictly marketing. Mm -hmm. Hour two might be sales. Mm -hmm. Hour three might be some combination of it. And, and, you know, and then, uh, the rest of the hours you're pulling in from other experiences that may not even kind of fit into uh, nicely into like a sales or marketing mm-hmm. category, but, um, but yeah. So, so as far as like the, the first realization um, of these hours, not all being equal, I think that, you know, when you, sometimes I have found, I think we've both found, cause we've been there together in the trenches together that sometimes it's, it's those hours where you're really struggling. Mm-hmm. It's those hours that are really painful um, where you don't know what the next steps are. You don't know, what to do in that moment. And, and um, sometimes those are the, the, the scary moments, but mm-hmm. um, I think that's, you can learn the most. I mean, if you have, we were kind of joking about how our 10,000 hours mm-hmm. maybe equates to like 30, just cause it was 30,000 hours. <laughs> it was, like we took some rough. time. Yeah. Um, and did we make it clear that what the 10,000 hour rule is, is basically, it seems to be the yeah, most successful yeah, people the the outliers, the people who have achieved things that they were told that they couldn't or it shouldn't have been possible, was just putting in the time. Like, like maybe they didn't even know what it was. They had a passion for something, but they were obsessed. And it seems to be that around 10,000 hours of just focusing on something, you're able to become a master at something. Yeah. And it's achievable. It seems daunting. 10,000 hours or 10 years, roughly. Um, what's it? three hours a day, something five days a week or something. Well, no. So yeah. So I did the math on that. So like, let's say you're in like graphic design Mm -hmm. or let's say, um, you know, sort of a a trade that is, um, kind of like negotiation is hard to quantify, Mm, but like, you know, if you're an accountant, if you're an engineer, Mm -hmm. uh, a graphic designer, somebody who does that thing Mm -hmm. each day, um, 
you know, I did the math. If you work 40 hours a week, right. um, it's roughly about five years of, mm. of do, I think it was four to five years of uh, doing that job, doing that skill um, to where maybe you're not a master, mm-hmm. but you're, you're pretty good at it. Right. You've, you've kind of mas- mastered the, the act of doing it, the process, you mm-hmm. understand what you're doing. You should be anyway, pretty good at that. If, if you're doing um, that particular skill for five years in a row now. Okay. So where it gets interesting though, is um, when you talk about something like negotiation, because that's hard to quantify. So I think that, um, you know, and this was, this was kind of my second realization, which, which is that sometimes uh, you, you have of your 10,000 hours, there's overlap. Mm. So, uh, you know, you were maybe working in the creative space. Mm-hmm. You were working in, um, you know, with, with a, a record label in Nashville or out of New York, um, working with, with creative teams there or working directly with an artist. But so, so you're, you're gaining hours in that sort of nice little category of being a creative, of working in, in the music industry and in the creative industry, but also you're building up those hours in negotiation mm-hmm. in, in that, that column. So it's kind of a two for one. And uh, I think that sometimes people don't track that. They don't, they right. don't uh, account for that. It's that, not one thing. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm, I'm good at negotiating and I love doing it, but I'm also a really good cinematographer. I can master songs really well. I, I can do a good contract. It's Sometimes you, being a cinematographer is negotiation too. Oh, where it's like, I it's, really want you to capture this. Like, yes, no, no, it'll be better. It'll be yeah, better from yeah, over here. Just yeah. here's here. Let me explain why. Like, it, it's not like you need to have 90,000 hours of something in order to have 90 things you can do well. It, you, it, it, there is a crossover and you are correct. What's your skill set? I mean, obviously you're a professional, you, you know, you have a high stress job, but like, what, what is it? What's your thing? So I think on paper, it's against like, it's like I said, sales and marketing. Um, I think a more. Like, did you head out trying to do that? Or was it just something you were gravitated towards? Or that you gravitated towards. So I, I like people. I really, you know, I'm a social person. My wife will tell you it's kind of annoying. Dude, to he's like such a social butterfly. Leave, you know it too. To, yeah. to leave, uh, leave in a party or something. It takes a while. I got to hug everybody. He's so. a good man though. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I like people. I like interacting with people and sales and marketing is a way to do that mm-hmm. um, pretty consistently. Um, so that's what I would say. Kind of, yes, sales and marketing. I, I set out to do that. Uh, my degrees in marketing, it's what I want to pursue. I, you know, I feel like I'm a, a creative person, but um, I think probably what I've been building for many years is um, uh, social skills and, and, uh, and networking and mm-hmm. um, maybe fits in that negotiation piece, mm-hmm. uh, like what you're talking about kind of yeah. fits in that column, but um, yeah, people skills, you know, um, which lead to success in, mm-hmm. in a lot of other areas, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's as simple as your, your friend group or whether that's um, you know, working with teams, that's, that's a lot of what I've done, whether we talk about, um, you know, leading people professionally or, uh, leading bandmates on stage in front Mm of, uh, you know, 10,000 people. Um, you know, I, I think people skills, leadership skills, that's, that's been something I've been been trying to build. What about you? No, you do. Besides negotiation, what's your, um, failing a bunch of times, <laughs> but still getting up. And I don't know why. Resiliency. It, resiliency. That's better. That's better. Play. And that's a huge skill. It is. Someday well, we should talk about that. that I think should be so. a topic on the podcast. It really will be. And it's, it's important. And I don't know if it was just me being just dumb and not knowing when to quit, but like, man, I just, I didn't know it was an option. <laughs> like, <laughs> you mean you could quit? What? 
didn't know. Uh, but here's something special, I think, about you and I. I didn't go to college. I barely graduated high school. You went to college. You you had great grades. You you yeah. well better you than me. You haven't seen my transcript. But in I got general, through. like you got through. You have a master's. Like and so both you and I were were pursuing kind of the same thing. I went to the school of hard knocks, and when I met you, there were things that you were like, "Oh no, this is like a first year college thing. You don't do that." I'm like, "Oh wow, I could have saved a lot of money and a lot of time." But I personally didn't have that option to do a lot of that stuff, and I just love jumping in headfirst. And it's been fun. Our relationship as as friends and as as coworkers and as you know this endeavor right here, we both have similar ideas, but you think a particular way. And I, I think different. And, and that actually ends up making like a good decision. Like you, w- with us working together, there'd be times like, no, here's how you do it. And you're like, okay, that's one thing, Jacob. But like, if we prepared just a little bit, it might be more successful. And I'm like, oh yeah, probably instead of just leaping without thinking. And, you know, it's been successful for me to do that, to kind of leap head first. But there's another side to that, which is you can leap head first, but like, if you prepare just a little bit better, if you miss the landing, it's a little easier. But, well, you know, I think that's where we work good together. Yeah, we've, I feel like we've always said that we have really complementary mm-hmm. skills yep. and complementary approaches mm-hmm. to to problem solving. And I think that's part of why it's worked well for us, too. Because I think, um, just to pat ourselves on the back for a mm-hmm. second, I think that there's a lot of people that, um, if they were in our shoes and came together, that there, there might have been some dysfunction or at least mm. more, more dysfunction than we've dealt with sure. <laughs> where, um, you know, I, I think, like you said, we each bring some things to the table mm-hmm. and, and I have learned so much from you over the years on how to, um, be courageous mm-hmm. when, you know, things are really tough and, uh, you know, we're not sure of that next move. Wait, but when was I ever courageous? I, you're <laughs> courageous all the time. We'll, we'll talk more about it, but I mean, um, you know, I, I think, I mean, courage is kind of the name of the game when it comes mm. to being an entrepreneur and starting businesses and running businesses and, um, just, you know, diving in head first. Mm. And I think you have helped me over, over time become far more comfortable with calculated risks. Um, and I think that probably I have also 100%. talked you down from the ledge a few times when you're ready to jump Oh sure. and, and it's like, Hey, let's, let's think about some of the other factors that, mm-hmm. that come into play here. Um, and sometimes you, you convince me and we, we jump together, but, mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, you, I, I'm thankful that, um, I didn't have the attitude of like, Oh yeah, I've got, I've got a degree and I've, you know, here's some really great advice from Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you have such good creative ideas and, um, we have, been able to do some really amazing things because of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that when we met and we were much younger and yeah. both, and both dumber, which I'm going to tell yeah. how we met for the first time. Well, hold on, hold on. Okay, I, okay. I just, I want to say though, that like, I think to your credit, mm-hmm. you didn't look at someone who, when we started having these conversations about business, you didn't look at Dave and say, Oh, this, here's this guy fresh out of college, like there wasn't, there wasn't intimidation. You mm. saw that as like, here's an opportunity to see what they're teaching in those universities. And let me, well, I heard the saying that just hire someone that's smarter than you. And I'm, <laughs> uh, so I hired people who had college degrees. I did not you know, I, I would say that, you know, 
it was important for me to get people who I felt could do the job better than I could. And that's partially why it was fun working with you guys. Well, um, and I don't, I disagree that I could do any of the job better than you. Well, a different a, point of view. It was a different point of view. And I think that for me, what an awesome opportunity mm-hmm. to, um, you know, as a young person mm-hmm. fresh out of school to be working with someone who owns a couple of businesses and you're, you're genuinely interested in my perspective on things. And so uh, we would have these conversations and, you know, sometimes you would take my advice and sometimes you wouldn't, which probably was good <laughs> sometimes that you, that you would not, but um, just, was it, was it you Leah that always says, well, that's one idea. That's one way to do it. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think those complimentary skills, that goes mm-hmm. back to just, you know, having a network of people, but it's been fun. I think for the two of us, I will say, at least for me, it's, it's been, and I think for you fun for us to, to build our 10,000 hours together. Mm-hmm. And we really have. Yeah. Uh, so the first time that I met Dave, um, we were on a shoot and the main character bailed on us last minute. So he wasn't getting paid. <laughs> That's probably why he bailed. But uh, we, I looked at my sister, Aliyah. I was like, Leah, we need someone like here in 30 to 40 minutes. Do you know anybody that's kind of looking, a good looking, kind of good looking. <laughs> kind of good looking. And can act a little bit. She's like, well, I think I know some guy. I kind, I, I'm working with it, you know. And he's like, okay, looking. Yeah, You're yeah. going to have to and That's kind of what she said. And, <laughs> and I was like, fine, I don't care. Get a hold of him. And she told me, she's like, yeah, he'll come. He'll be here in like 25 minutes. I was like, that's great. Didn't know what you looked like. Didn't know if you were an a-hole. Like, and when she said, hey, Jacob, this is Dave. I literally shook your hand and said, Dave, thanks for being here. This is Irene and this is Britt. And they literally attacked you with makeup, wardrobe, and you were filming in the next 10, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, I think I was a waiter. You were a waiter. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think you had something to say, whatever it was. And I thought to myself, look, this guy doesn't know who we are. Here's this set. We're filming something. He doesn't even know the script. And he just jumped in and got you know, got on board. And I thought to myself, this is a cool person. And I could tell my sister liked you, uh, you know, just by how she was like, he, he's kind of good looking. Um, and I know it's like, okay, mm-hmm, uh, sure. And when she got there and you got there, I could say, I was like, oh, brother. And obviously I'm her older brother. And so I was protective, but you're a good man. And I, I'm happy that you came and was part of our shoot. And 10 years later, 10 years eight later, months pregnant with his child. <laughs> I wonder how that happened. We think it's fun. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that was south. But so working Just on 10,000 hours, and we talked about this earlier. It's not, well, like you said, hour five, hour 10, hour 1,000 is more important. Uh, my wife brought this up the other day when I said practice makes perfect. And she said, they've updated that. And I said, what do you mean? She says, perfect practice makes perfect. And that mm. that stood out to me. And I was like, that's that's interesting because I've practiced before lazy at something like the guitar or the piano. And it, it, you could you could tell, but sometimes when I sat down and I had a plan, and I worked for an hour or two, I dramatically got better at something, and and so a lot of it I feel like the first part is just getting involved. Just get, you don't have to have the idea. You don't need to know what it is you want to do. Just start like doing what you're passionate about. Um, you know, obviously if you're you're wanting to knit, you know, you can be the best knitter in the world. Maybe it won't bring you income unless you have a YouTube channel or you're selling products, whatever it is, but just get started. You, you don't know necessarily what it's going to end up being. Um, for me, I didn't head out thinking I was going to own a creative firm. I, I didn't think I would own a, you know, a rather large salon with my wife. I, I didn't think I would own a construction company at any point in time. I just headed out doing something and I got good at things and it led to different things. 
I guess my point to to all of it is is just just get started. You don't need to know exactly what your thing is yet. A lot of times you find it along the way. Dude, you just got to you got to work at it. And part of the example in the books was talking about the Beatles and how they they were banned obviously and before they came over to America, they actually went, I believe it was Germany, they had the opportunity to play for a strip club, but it was like 8 hours a day every single day for like months. So they performed some like 1,200 times as a band for these strip clubs. Now they did it because they, they didn't get paid much, but they, they said they got a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs, and a lot of women. So they kind of just did it for whatever. But what would they really... Which probably makes the eight hours miserable. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> it's probably, you yes. start that gig the next day after partying all night, just like, ugh. But no what thanks. it did was it made them be the band, the Beatles. They, they, yeah. they, it, there's something different than just being good at something. It's that intuition of knowing when someone's off and you can follow it. If someone's going to end sooner or, or they're going to go a different direction in a song, they could improvise. They weren't just doing like the Beatles type music. They were doing the like jazz. They were doing blues. They were doing everything they could think of. If someone yelled out a song, they would try to play it. What that taught them was basically how to improvise. Um, it, the muscle memory that they had, they could probably play basically drunk as could be. And and that's why when they came over to America, there was that, what they call that, um, not the Beatle invasion, what they call that? Oh, uh, British invasion. The British invasion. Yeah. And you can see that throughout just history in general. I mean, look at Michael Jordan. Originally, he didn't even make the team. Like they told him he wasn't good enough. Michael Jordan wasn't good enough to play on the high school team. And that needed, needed that uh, kick in the pants though, dude, you know? Sometimes we need that. Yeah. And, there's so many people that were too small and they started working out and they ended up becoming Arnold Schwarzenegger. There are so many people who were told they can't sing. Ed Sharon. Ed Sharon could not sing. If you go on YouTube and look up Ed Sharon like pre as a kid. It's pretty bad, right? It's, it's awful. And it's out there. It's out there. And he, yeah. put, he put it out there. Yeah. Because every day he worked on it more and more and more and got better and better and better. I, re- I read this book called Atomic Habits. It's a pretty good book, but it talks about 1% better a day. You don't need to all of a sudden make this massive leap. It, it, just 1% better a day. And it, it compounds because, you know, um, and I think that's important. Just get started. Yeah, I think um, to that point, it's, it's kind of, it's an investment. Mm. You know, it's an investment in yourself. And sometimes like a lot of good investments, um, it can happen in the background. Mm. Um, you know, it's like a 401k where you just, you sort of set up your, your auto pay into that, into that retirement account and, and it's just happening. And then, you know, you check in every once in a while you're like, Oh yeah, that's growing. Mm. Or, you know, you, you look in your, your investment account, you know, your, your Robin hood or mm-hmm. E-Trade or whatever. And um, hopefully things are growing and, yeah. and going up on, on a good day. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's an investment where, a lot of times, like it or not, if you're if you're doing that activity, if you're going to your job, if you're going to practice every day, um, you're accruing those hours mm-hmm. and you're building. It doesn't seem like something. it sometimes. Yeah, and it's but it's easy to feel. I think, you know, if there's somebody out there that's like 15 years old mm-hmm. and they decide I want to learn to play the guitar, wow, how am I going to get my 10,000 hours in? Just just play the guitar. Just mm-hmm. play. You don't have to be. Yeah. Don't be thinking of the 10,000 hour. Rule. Yeah, just play because you want to learn it and you want to love it and make those hours count. Because mm-hmm. again, if you sit down and focus and are really zoned into what you're doing 
instead of just kind of like holding the guitar in your mm-hmm. lap while you watch TV, which mm-hmm. I'm guilty of doing oh, sure. there, um, you know, you're, you're going to find a lot more value and you're going to realize that it may only take, you know, a fraction of that to, to get pretty darn good. And, mm. um, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Do you feel like entertainment, how easily accessible it is now is killing the, the moments in which we could learn something? Whereas, like, what do you mean? Well, for example, when I would go home, I really didn't have a lot to do. Mm. It's dark. It's raining. Uh, you know, we only had one TV and one, you know, VHS player. And my sisters would be watching something like, you know, some Barbie thing or whatever, or some Disney thing. I only had the opportunity to play the guitar or the piano. You know, like now your phone, so distracting social media, as you scroll, you can endlessly get caught scrolling on TikTok or Instagram. And I feel like back in the day, it was just easier to be like, I'm bored. I want to learn something. Yeah. 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 I think that, um, it's really hard when you're in a consumer mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would almost say like, I think people definitely get in seasons of consumption where you don't really even realize you kind of move into these habits where Mm -hmm. you're, um, you know, you drift into just, just picking up that phone and start, like you said, start scrolling or, or you end up watching TV. Um, you know, we were, (laughs) we were talking about this the other night, like, Hey, we should, just not be turning the TV on, yeah. at, at, you know, late at night. Cause that's, that's like productive time. We don't have, we have so little time as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you turn on the TV, even if, if it's just kind of happening in the background, it's easy to sort of oh, yeah. become consumed in that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard to, uh, to be creative and to produce when you're always consuming. And I exactly. think that the consumption phase is, is important, but it, Make it valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to, for myself, I try to have, uh, I think you're the same with this. I try to have kind of my own sort of personal policy that when it comes to like YouTube videos or any kind of uh, consumption that I'm doing, podcasts, whatever, um, I don't really pursue entertainment mm-hmm. for the most part. I'm, I'm like YouTube has become such a uh, invaluable tool for learning things, gaining skills, uh, becoming a better person. Like you said, 1% better every day. And, uh, you know, I try to make that time count. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I just, I think that being like having these moments of quiet where you can not be a consumer, Mm -hmm. uh, and you can work towards creating things is super important. And that's, I think that's again, kind of who we want to speak to and who we want to focus on, Mm -hmm. on this podcast. Right. No, exactly. I would, I would love to stress to people, it's okay to be bored. Mm. Amazing things happen when you're bored. Mm. Your mind is a freaking amazing thing. And we are terrified almost of being bored these days. People do not want to be bored. I remember being bored so much as a kid and as a teenager. And the mind wants to learn. The mind craves being like challenged. I feel like People don't have the discipline that much anymore. I, I, I want to encourage people, find that discipline. Put your phone down. Learn something. Unless it's on your phone and you, you need to right. you know, use your phone. <laughs> don't do that. I think it's important just to get started. And I want to encourage people to understand that, yes, it's a long haul, but it's also a lot of fun. And I have failed along the way so many times. But also understanding that failure is actually part of that success. I've learned more from failures. And I know people say that all the time, but it's true. There's many times I've been terribly embarrassed of something or 
humiliated at like a decision I made or something I've said. There's a couple of times I've said things on camera that were just embarrassing and a lot of people saw it, but maybe my 10,000 hours is failing <laughs> enough times <laughs> to eventually falling down. falling down that eventually maybe things are successful. And, well, and I do feel successful actually. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Um, I, I think then sort of, you know, bring this back to chasing mountains and mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing with this podcast. I think that um, we're going to want to focus on these people uh, both present day mm-hmm. and through history, yes. entrepreneurs, um, successful business people. So not, not even necessarily business people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we want to focus on athletes. We want to focus on military. We want to focus on yes. people that um, uh, people who know, chase the mountain. Yes. Like and, success, yeah. pushing the limits, but folks that folks that have failed a oh, lot. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and how they failed and how they mm-hmm. picked themselves back up um, and how they got through that. Um, <clears throat> you know, people that, uh, you know, had struggle, mm-hmm. people that, uh, you know, are resilient, people who were bored uh, and saw, took the time to notice there is a need that's that's being unmet. Um, and I have the skill set to to meet that need or I, or I, I can create a system or bring together people you know, to meet that need. And, and with, with, uh, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, one of the things that he talks about was, um, that, you know, success comes from, from talent, the combination of talent and preparation. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, as you accrue those 10,000 hours, you are being, becoming more and more prepared. Um, and there's a lot of people that, that try to rely on one or the other, you know, you, maybe you're super talented, but at some level of competition, either in the marketplace or, you know, in, in athletics, um, so suddenly everyone's talented. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a point at which uh, you, you, you move up and you move up and you move up. And talent is just a prerequisite. Um, it's not going to carry you. There's a lot of really talented young people in school. But um, on the other side, you have people that are super prepared. They work really, really hard. And I think oftentimes in life, it's, if you're not talented but really prepared. Sometimes that can even edge you out uh, yeah. over someone who is talented, but lazy. But I, dude, we run the, into that all the time where we see people who are so talented, but lazy. Yeah. You do, it's disappointing. You, it's, it's so disappointing. disappointing. You know, I, I know, you know who I'm thinking about. There's just so many people in our lives that it's just like, bro, you are so talented. Why are you so lazy? Like, <laughs> like if, I, if I had half that talent, I would be so famous right now. Yeah. But that's so, so it's the people though. I think that find a way to combine the two. Mm. Um, and that's also what I, I hope to talk about in this podcast too, are the people that, um, you know, that are, that are talented, that are brilliant, that, uh, and we're going to interview those people too. We're going to, we're going to actually, we've got to know a lot of really cool people. Now we're going to get through a few podcasts just to work out the bugs, but I mean, we've got people who are, Managers of really popular artists. We've got people who have sold companies for two hundred million dollars going to be coming on here, and and a few other people. Um, you know, there's a local guy even here who's a billionaire. I'm not going to say his name, but I'm, I'm working on even talking to him, like a billionaire. That that's crazy. Now, oh, it's fine. I'll talk, Jake. Yeah. I'll, I'll find. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> it's not us. Neither of us can help make the joke. Yeah. Uh, who else? Who else? We've talked about people from Artist. history too. Like, so there's a lot of people uh, that if Nikola Tesla, now he wasn't an entrepreneur at all. Like, in fact, he died broke, but the people who took his technology, who were entrepreneurs have built some of the most amazing companies in this world. Yeah. General Electric, um, 
Westinghouse. There's so many things that just came from that. So it's not just having the talent because Nikola Tesla had the talent, but he didn't know how to sell the product. And the men who had the talent to sell the product are the ones who actually, unfortunately, took his product and went. Um, I do also want to talk to people about uh, like, like being a capitalist, like capitalist society, um, capitalism, I should say. It's, it's almost like a bad word these days, but it's brought more people out of poverty and it's changed lives. It's changed this nation. I mean, at the end of the day, capitalism is, oh, you have something I need. I'm willing to give you this. And I love that product. You give me the product. That's, that's capitalism. Unfortunately, what people hate now is like cronyism or, or monopolies or something like that. Uh, I mean, it's, Capitalism has helped me and my family. When we needed something, we went and worked really, really hard to sell something or build a house or do a video, whatever it is, and it paid for what we needed. And But we worked hard. Obviously, we, we should be paid for it and handsomely. Yeah. And capitalism does a lot of good things. It does. Um, capitalism brings innovation mm-hmm. that, that uh, helps meet the needs of civilization, uh, you know, whether you're talking energy, whether you're talking feeding those people, you know, maybe one day we can talk about Norman Borlaug, yeah. um, you know, project we worked on, which was, which was really it was a documentary Yeah, we did. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- there's, there's so many good things. There's capitalism can bring out the worst in people, It can, but it can bring out, I think the best in humanity. And, um, you know, I, I, again, look forward to kind of exploring some of those things, uh, as we, as we dive into this in episodes to come and, uh, you know, look at those innovators, look at those creators mm-hmm. People that just see things differently. And I think that we see things differently. Oh man, we can't um, stop thinking. When when we walk down the street, we think of business ideas. Yeah. I, I, I know you do. I do all the time. It's like, hmm, if someone did this, this, that, and that, that'd be a business. Someone could make money. I've I've been <laughs> I Leah will tell you. It's it's like constant. Yeah. Right? Where I'm just Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great probably, though. It, it, it's but it's also that right there is part of the ten thousand hours, is thinking. Always thinking. Well, and that's, yeah, sorry. So that's what I was going to say earlier about the preparation is that eventually you're going to have your 10,000 hours mm. and then you're going to have your moment. Yeah. Whether that's a, a sudden spark or an idea of the combination of being prepared mm-hmm. by investing and doing your time and, and, and putting in the practice with, with your talent that you can bring to the table, whether again, that's been something that you've accumulated over time or something that you have naturally, but you'll have your moment. Again, in business or whether that's, you know, your game's on the line and you're shooting that, that game-winning three-pointer or, or you're going to the line and, and uh, you know, shooting your free throws. Suddenly, you'll have your moment where it all comes together in the time you've invested, the and talent And it looks like overnight success. And it looks like it was effortless. Yes. And uh, I think that's, that's what really excites me. So we talk all the time in the music industry about people that have seemed to be an overnight success. And we know that so often that's not the case. Someone maybe they've been playing clubs for 10 years, um, you know, small venues for 10 years and then, and, and have been incredibly skilled uh, at doing so. For like most of those years. Yes. It's just, it took the right combination. And sometimes it takes, you know, it takes the confidence that comes. Um, We were, we were watching the other night, just several performances of, uh, kind of some like breakout performances of people that Tori Kelly uh, performance uh, at what was it? I think, I think like the 
Nickelodeon or Kids Choice Awards or something where she's is just... she from American Idol or is that which, which she was kicked off of American Idol. Um, Simon told her she sucked. <laughs> she's so good. Are you she serious? is so good. Lesson learned there, right? Um, but she like wow. she owned it at that performance. Uh, if you haven't watched it, what is it? Search again? for it. It's uh, nobody it's, but you by Tori Kelly, and yeah. it's live. It's just her and her guitar in front of like an arena of people. That girl can sing. She can play. She can Can't play. She really? Oh, for sure, yeah. she can play. That's... This doesn't matter. But she's the one who like she was the first woman I ever saw like playing bar chords and playing like really playing the guitar. And I was like, oh, oh, I could do that. And she's what's cool about that performance is I think again pretty pretty breakout performance, uh, like big time again. Probably not overnight success. I'm sure she'd been doing it a long time, woodshedding and building those skills and, and putting in her hours. But um, she. You see, like when when kind of the, I think they come back from commercial break or whatever. She's standing there ready to play, and you kind of expect like, okay, singer songwriter. She's gonna kind of like she's gonna strum on that guitar. She's gonna sing her thing, and it's like a pretty grooving like pop style song. It's not really an acoustic song. What's it called? Nobody what? Nobody but you. Nobody but you. One one day we'll we'll have our no. system set up where we can play the song on on the podcast or play the the, the clip, but. Um, here's something that was in the book that was interesting. Nobody love. Nobody, Sorry. Nobody love. That's yeah, what yeah, it nobody is. Love. Sorry. But I'm, I'm just saying like, it was awesome. And, and she had her moment and people, I think like us, when we saw that, we we're like, whoa, whoa. Like that is a combination of talent, skills, time, preparation. And also people skills up on stage. Like you can mm. be so talented, but awkward and it makes it uncomfortable. It's mm. such a, a, almost like a soup of things you need. And, and she's, Honestly, amazing. Do you want to tell us about your breakout performing on The View? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that another time? We'll talk about that another for time. For Luke Bryan, right? Yes. For Luke Bryan and Whoopi Goldberg was there, which, by the way, she was like a childhood idol. I grew up watching Star Trek, and she was Guinan, and she's a character in Star Trek. That was the first time, the really the only time I've ever been starstruck is when I saw Whoopi Goldberg. And I've seen plenty of famous people and never thought twice about it. Um, but something interesting in the book, it's talking about practice isn't the thing you do once you're good. It's the thing you do that makes you good. Mm. And he goes on to elaborate. A lot of people just assume, oh, I'll practice once I'm good at piano. Instead of just like realizing yeah. that's how I didn't realize people think that way. Like, like you just have to put in the hours. And he talked about that quite a bit. People always talk about, well, one day I will, one day I will. And it's like, well, that day won't come unless you just get started now. Um, it is an interesting book. And, and like I said, a lot of people focus on the 10,000 hour rule, but that's one part of it. And, and another part that I thought was important, proximity to something. If, if you're in the mountains of Mongolia and you're wanting to be a tech guy and you're, you're brilliant, you're amazing, but you have no internet. It, it makes it really, really difficult. Sure. And so a lot of times your obsession and your 10,000 hours, a lot of times if you're near the people who happen to do that thing, you see the opportunities, you see the people, you make connections, you make friends. And I think that's what's really important about college. I per, Particularly, I sometimes feel like the colleges really struggle with staying up to date with how to educate people. And it's slow. But one of the things amazing about college is the connections. You're talking about people who were in marketing that, that were your, you know, your peers, 
go on to be, you know, the people in the industry. You can actually talk to them, call them in the, oh yeah, yeah, from such and such. So the connections are very, very important when it comes to putting your 10,000 hours together. So that's part of the 10,000 hours is being a part of the community, finding out what's going on, being obsessed about something. Well, and one of the things that I hope we can maybe explore too in, in an episode is the, um, you know, social media's effect on proximity um, and just social connection through technology and the internet. I mean, um, just in making music, you know, here, the three of us in our house, um, we have been able to work with expert professional musicians in Nashville mm -hmm. because we'll track here and send something off to them and we'll get a file back a few days later. Um, and we're talking and we about top-notch people. Top-notch people. Performed with Blake Shelton. Who are pretty affordable. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we could- we Talk can... about 10,000 hours. Those bros oh. have like 50 or 60,000 a year. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, <laughs> yeah. these bros, on the road. Like these guys put out, I mean, they're on the road. Then they, when they're home, they're pumping out track after track. Yeah. And that's partially why it's, it's affordable because they have a huge studio set up in their home and they're able mm -hmm. to crank out four or five tracks a day and charge you 150 bucks and make a killing. Yeah. But and, that's, I mean, that's, that's like an artificial- artificial proximity that mm. um, you can still take advantage of uh, compared to the past where if you wanted to find success in uh, you know, in Hollywood and find success in the movies, you had to move out to Hollywood, move to LA. Um, if you wanted to uh, you know, be in the rock scene, a lot of times you, you had to move Seattle. To, to, to Seattle or you'd, you'd go to New York, New York, like underground or you'd, you know, you go play um, country. It literally was proximity. Yeah, it country. You play play Nashville or, or Texas. You had to go there and be around mm -hmm. those people because that like that's valid. But you and I talk about this a lot of yeah. the time now. Like, if you want to do country music, it doesn't matter. You could live in in Alaska, do mm -hmm. do country music, but um, you need your network of people, even if it's uh, you know whether that's your fans, whether that's your uh, support system. I will still say that like country music, there's no place that has the business infrastructure built around country music like Nashville. Right. But, um, so, I mean, if you like at a certain level of success, you need the management teams, sure. you need the marketing teams, you need the record labels, you need the publishing companies. But, um, if you're talented and you have some basic equipment, you can make incredible music in your home. Mm -hmm. You just need to be connected still with other people, um, you know, and, and have that proximity right. remotely. Mentorships. I think are, are hugely important. And I think you'll find that when we talk to a lot of people coming up on how many people had just good mentors, good friends, and just being a part of the scene. And like you said, you don't have to physically be there, but be there, be in the scene. And I think be that's a part of it. That's part of your 10,000 hours too. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, in a, just the, the socializing, the talking about mm -hmm. the thing, you know, even if, uh, you know, if, if, if you love cryptocurrency, mm -hmm having those conversations with people about- Which I smiled because I am into crypto. Yeah. It's made me a lot of money. <laughs> well, and, and but you spend a lot of time talking about yeah. it. You, you, uh, to my wife's like sadness. Well, she she invests in, in it too. She though, does. Right? Yeah. She's, but her invest is like, should I buy this? I'm like, no, yes. But, but you know that no and yes, because you're talking with people about it. You're consuming content about mm -hmm. it. You're, you're in that scene. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you didn't move to- Cryptoville USA, but um, you, is got, there a Cryptoville USA? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where it is because you'll move it. No, I just, just yeah, that proximity is super huge, um, and it and it counts towards your hours. I would say 
And dude, encouragement is so helpful when you just, you're feeling down and out and you will feel down and out because when you get into something, you have no clue what you don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm right now trying to get into being a pilot, like trying to get my pilot's license. I went in like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm pretty smart. It'll be great. I get in and like, I'm 30 minutes in like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like. (laughs) I'd rather you realize that in the classroom oh, sure. than up in the air, by the way. Sure. So that's a good time to. And I'm like, wait, I have to learn how to read a map. <laughs> what are you talking about? And it, it's, it's fun. And how many hours do you need to be a pilot? What, I mean, what's your, what, like, what kind of flight time do you I need? Mean, honestly, I don't think it's 40 hours, but. So not 10,000. No, no <laughs> but I feel like there's 10,000 hours of prep into it. But I also want to say to people like your 10,000 hours is always going to be, I don't think you ever really achieve it. Like it's mm. one of them things where as you achieve something, there's something else you want to achieve. And, and if you're not doing that, I think you're in trouble uh, to talk a little bit about my sister, Alia Colgan. When we started off, acoustic gigs were a big deal. Being in front of four people was a big deal. Writing one song was a big deal. Well, then it was a hundred people. Then it was 200. And at one point in time, she performed, she opened for, uh, who's the guy? It's solo cup guy. Oh, Toby Keith. Toby right? Keith. She no. opened for Toby Keith and she come off stage and mind you, she was, he comes on stage and he thanked the opener, pronounced her name correctly. Ilea, which most people say Aaliyah. He says, I want to thank the opening artist, Ilea Colgan. And everybody, 10,000 people go, ah. she was in the restroom. Didn't hear any of it. <laughs> And, but I was so proud of her. She gets off stage and she, she was talking about the things she messed up. She was talking about next time I'll do this. And I I looked at her and was just like, Hey, this is a moment. Like, look at that. You just did something huge that most people, that would have been like the thing they put up on the banner for the rest of their life that I did this. And I had performed for this many people, but I kind of appreciated it. Her goalpost had moved. This girl who was 14, 15 years old, bothering me in the studio, learning how to write music. Now is performing for 10,000 people and critiquing herself and not taking that moment to look. But like she did, she stopped and she looked and she was like, wow, how far have I come? And then yeah. she's like, well, the next thing I want. So that, that, that mountain is always moving. She, you, you are chasing that mountain. Do you think that's why a lot of, uh, maybe not a lot, but basically like- Leah, I am really proud of you. You've done a lot in life and- I'm a worm. You're a worm. <laughs> I know it feels like that sometimes, but I am really proud of you. And it's, it's a big deal. Thanks. Do you think that's why a lot of folks that find success struggle to enjoy it? Because oh, 100%. One, of the, one of the prerequisites to finding that success is to be constantly pursuing the next thing and being better every day and um, thinking about, okay, next time it's going to be this. Next time yeah. I'm going to do that better. Do you want to hear the story about the first time I got a hundred thousand dollar check? Yes. So, and what? how come I haven't seen any of that? Oh, because I was your boss. <laughs> <laughs> no, in my mind as a kid, $10,000 was so much money. So I mean, I, so wait, back up. I probably did see some of that then, Oh, right? yeah, you totally did. <laughs> this is, this is poignant to what we're talking about. I am always looking for that next thing. And for some reason in my mindset, getting a $100,000 check was something. I had made it at that moment. I got a $10,000 check for something. I was like, this is great. I took a picture of it. And then I received some for some song royalties and I got a 100000 check. I remember looking at it and it, 
I achieved that moment and I literally felt sad. It was a letdown. It was a letdown. I almost teared up in that moment. And I was just like, I've worked so hard. I have been through so much. Um, I've lost so much and gained so much. But here it was sitting in front of me and it just, that wasn't it. It, you know, and I hate to, you know, talk about Miley Cyrus, but the song, It's the Climb, it really is the climb. That's what I love. That's the passion. The money didn't mean nothing. Mind you, it was fun. I like looking at that check, but man, did it go quick. You spend it on things. Money isn't important. I feel like it's fake. You know, it's, we need it. Companies function on money. The society functions on money. But I remember looking at that, just feeling like, wow, it didn't feel right. You know? And so it's that you're, you're, it's constantly moving. Yeah. And, and I think that's why a lot of people on top are actually really depressed people. People are like, oh, that guy's a billionaire. Why would he have ended his life? It's not about the money. It's about, you, you do have to have a balance. You know, you do have to have joy in your life. And if your business brings you joy, then do it. But if it makes you miserable, find something else. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's really profound. And I think that there's so many examples of that with successful people, you know, I've, I've heard, by the way, hold up. I'm not whining that I got a hundred (laughs) thousand dollars. It was just, it was a reflection of all the 10 or 15 years of like struggle, man. Yeah. And no, like, you know, can't say I've gotten a hundred thousand dollar check, but not yet. But the, which you need to think that too, not yet. Well, but what I might relate that to is either some just really amazing performances that we've done really cool, events, big shows, um, or even just like going and visiting the Grand Canyon, which we did a few years back. Um, how was that? How was it? Yeah. I've never been. It was, it was, I mean, it's awesome. It's so that's my point is you can go to these different lookout locations. If you've ever, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, you know what I'm talking about? There's these different overlooks that you can go and there's, there's a bunch of them. Grand Canyon's huge. Um, and I, you know, pick a spot and it's, unbelievable. It's, it's your brain almost can't comprehend. It doesn't look real. It's so huge and it's so beautiful and it's so impressive. You look at it, you, you, you sort of soak it in and you think, wow, yeah, this is, this is unbelievable. It's so beautiful. It does look fake. And you it kinda, looks like another world. Yeah. But you kind of stand there for like 10 minutes and then you start thinking like, okay, I wonder like, they got any good food in the gift <laughs> like, shop? I want like, a burger. Now, now what? You know? Really? And, and it's, well, yes. And, and my point is that like that moment of, of being at that, that destination, that point that, yes, it, it's incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unlike anything that many people have, have ever seen. Any great wonder of the world, you know, but. <clears throat> uh, is that bad? Is that a human, like, is that an error in our coding that no, we can't I, enjoy? I think it's good because th- there is, I mean, otherwise you would see, I mean, you'd see a pretty flower on the sidewalk and you could become wow. totally consumed my, your whole my son life. Says, wow. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you touched on this. I think we are pre-programmed to, to be amazed and then to move on, to, to be amazed and then to, to pursue amazement again. That's our, our, you know, that curiosity is built into our psyche to, to pursue new things. And um, do you feel like some people have it more than others? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because like, even as a kid, when all my other friends were just playing, like I started a company 
like and borrowed food from their mothers. Borrowed. How, how am I going to give it? Did you give it back? Um, yes, by, <laughs> by by selling it to their kids. <laughs> Wait, you never heard the story. I was thinking post digestion, but no. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of poop. I was thinking I, of money. Now I really hope you didn't sell you, it to their you kids. You heard about when I opened a restaurant called Tony's Restaurant? It's an Italian <laughs> restaurant. I clearly was an Irish boy. You you've not heard the story? I don't think so. So when I was seven years old. My cousin Joshua Gibson was over and I said, let's start a company. He says, great. What's it going to be? I said, it's going to be a restaurant called Tony's restaurant. It's an Italian restaurant. He goes, that's great. Well, where are we going to get the food? You're and I starting said, your own restaurant and you're naming it after some guy named Tony. Dude, I, that's Instead so of Jacob's stupid. restaurant. I know. I know. But that's branding. I knew I was like, nobody would go to Jake's restaurant, but I knew they'd go to Tony's because who's Tony? It's curiosity. And anyways, I went to every mother in the neighborhood and said, would you donate food to me? <laughs> Donate. And donate food to my for my restaurant or whatever. I had some reasoning per person. And they were like, sure. They thought I was just some cute kid. And it was a little cul-de-sac. We knew everybody. It wasn't like I was going to random strangers. And they gave me food. Mm. And then I opened a restaurant, went to every single one of the kids and said, we're opening a restaurant, Tony's restaurant. Not everybody's allowed to come. <laughs> and everybody came. <laughs> because it was exclusive. It was exclusive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, earn your and also there's this one bully up the street. We didn't really actually want him to come. And anyways, they showed up and they all paid me money for their mom's food. And I kind of got in trouble for it later. Uh, not from my parents, but it might've been one of the other mothers that, cause it was obviously free food. And my cousin kept saying, just keep it open, man. It'll be great. And eventually kids stopped coming, but I made some money that day. And that taught me something really, really young. It's like people have things you need and, if you can sell it to them, they'll give you money. And, and I also made a lot of friends along the way. It was pretty cool. Did you, guys get a, did you get a permit from the health department? For oh all my this? gosh, no. And if I remember correctly, it was Sam's Choice Soda and Funyuns. <laughs> so you, you, <laughs> nothing Italian about it. I hope that Funyuns doesn't want to advertise with us one day, but uh, it doesn't sound like maybe you were pursuing a quality business model. No. It was more. Uh, Dude, when I was seven years old, leader. Funyuns were effing amazing i can't say that i i loved them. i've ever liked funions but oh well you know what we can't be friends sam's choice is okay yeah it's a little awful. cola it was diet my mom like oh, it was awful anyways the point is <laughs> that i think was also part of my ten thousand hours on a lot of things you know i got pretty good at getting people together and having a cause and i enjoyed that and and though the threshold keeps moving i think that's what i love i love pursuing things. I feel like we humans need that chase and that purpose. And I think a lot of people, the reason why they're sad and the reason why they just feel unfulfilled is because they, they don't know what their purpose is. And I would just say to someone, get out there and just start working and you'll find it. You'll find that thing you love. And, and if you can't make money at it, do it, have fun, find a way to make money. And if you, if it's, if it's not, let's just say poetry, like say you want to make money doing poetry. I don't know how to do that. Get into it, figure it out, write a book, whatever it is, have a podcast. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Well, I think that's all good advice. I think that definitely good conversation mm -hmm. today. Um, who are we talking about next week? That's a tough one. I'm putting one. you on the spot. They're, they're just, there's so many It's going to be somebody good. We have our list. I, I'm going to wait to talk about some of these, but Elon Musk is someone I want to talk about. I think he's brilliant, crazy all at the same time. I think I want to talk about Mr. Beast. He's a YouTuber yeah. for anyone who doesn't know. He has like 250 million subscribers between all of his channels. Brilliant kid. 
He's 23 and inspiring me, almost a 40 year old guy. And I think there's, I guess for me, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is someone that I oddly look up to, even though he, I know he's failed in a lot of things, but like at the end of the day, his kids love him and he has a great relationship with his kids and he's successful. And I feel like a lot of people think they have to sacrifice family, friendship, health to be successful. But I, I think I'm more inspired when I see people who are successful and have a successful family life. Yeah. yeah. But who do you want to talk about? Um, yeah, all those for sure. Um, <clears throat> I want to, um, you know, I want to make sure that we look at some folks from, from history, mm. um, you know, inventors, Alexander Graham Bell, Thomas Edison. Um, you talk know, about people, people that, on the cutting edge yeah. who changed our worlds. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't want to kind of gloss over that. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I think current events, um, current folks, the, the Elon Musk's, uh, you know, I want to talk about, uh, uh, you know, the Joe Rogans, the Jocko Willinks, the kind of thought leaders of, yeah. of, uh, of today. Which crazy thing that a podcaster comedian would be a thought leader. Yeah. But I think it's because he asked the right questions. I think it's, uh, when we talk about these folks, we, we should get into this, but yeah, the, the whole concept of like personal branding, um, of kind of whatever it is you do, you know, I was thinking about this, as you said, Arnold, um, the guy has found success because people are excited about him and what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's easy to pursue a lot of different things, whether you're in bodybuilding or acting, or you're the governor of a state. Um, you've got people that root for you and get behind you because it's, they believe in that personal brand. And, and um, I think we see a lot of that uh, today, people that build personal brands and businesses around that personal brand, again, like a, like a Jocko or a Joe Rogan. Um, and uh, yeah, so I want to explore those. And- I also think before we do close this podcast, which we will soon, I don't want people to think that they have to make their 10,000 hours before they can start making money. Because Lord knows I was making money before I was like three grand, 3,000 hours in. Yeah. And I, I think that we don't need to wait for it. We just got to hop in and get going. And I think a lot of these people that we're going to talk about did that. Yeah. Building the plane on the way down. And sometimes you crash, but- you and I, I'd say that this is part of our 10,000 hours, mm. you know, I, not only do I want to learn, but I, I want to, I want this for us to be an opportunity to, you know, just work on our communication skills and, and learn, um, more about those that have come before us, uh, people that have found success and how can we apply that? Not only see it through the lens of, of things we've already done, but, mm-hmm. uh, maybe get some resolve, uh, for what lies ahead. You know, for us. And I hope that we can provide that. Um, and speaking about what lies well. ahead, I mean, we're going to be doing a lot of fun things and we can't always be in Ilea's podcasting room. So we're going to probably be out doing some things. We're going to Skype in with people who can't make it in. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be fun and it's going to be a challenge. And, you know, it's, it's kind of uncomfortable a little bit to just put yourself out there. And, uh, you know, we're not the authorities on the matter at all. We're learning every single day. But I do want to talk to people who are the authorities on the matter, yeah. people who actually write the books on things. But I, I, I do know, and since I met a few of those people, they're always wanting to learn more. And it's amazing how humble some of the people at the top are. I think they know that. You know, Then there's always the, the drama queens who know they're famous and <laughs> know they're great. So. We want to but talk to all of them. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. I would just say thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. It's we 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 struggled with the name. Chasing Mountains. I know we probably get a lot of people here who uh 
love finding mountains and climbing them in the hiking community. in the hiking community. <laughs> but the, the the thing is, I think it's 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 important. Like what we what we thought about even overnight success because that's kind of never happens. And uh, last point, I guess, is people who do have overnight success are not prepared. And it comes crumbling down. People wonder why there are one hit wonders. A lot of them is because they didn't have the infrastructure behind them to succeed off that hit. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I would say if you, if that sounds good and you want to join us for all of that, um, like our YouTube channel, uh, subscribe. We're going to be putting out uh, podcasts weekly uh, on the, on the YouTube channel, as well as um, distributing, distributing those through, what are we doing? I think we'll do Spotify Apple and what else is out there? Google Play. Google Play. Thank you. Wherever wherever you get your podcast, we'll be there. We will be. But uh, also, thank you to Ilea for letting us hijack your podcasting room and for staying up till midnight to do this podcast. This was long. They probably won't always be this long. God no. Um, I think this is a just a. I said God no, like I hated it. (laughs) God no. This no, it was just a a lot to kind of get out. Just yeah. to, to kind of build that foundation. And look, I understand we, we, are, we didn't clarify everything just yet, but never stop learning. Yeah. Get your 10,000 hours in. Yeah. I feel like I'm always in the middle of 10,000 hours. I never reached it. I feel like, because <laughs> as soon as I learn, I'm like, oh gosh, I got to learn so much more. <laughs> Maybe we'll get 10,000 hours of podcasting. Yeah. yeah. Leah's like, not with me as a producer. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thank you so much. Chasing Mountain Podcast. We are out. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Please leave a comment with your questions or business endeavors. We would love to be a part of your journey. If you would like to hear more, please like and subscribe. The thoughts and opinions on this show do not reflect those of our advertisers, employers, or other affiliates. The content should not be considered legal or financial advice. The Chasing Mountains podcast is a production of Chasing Mountains Media. Copyright 2022.